GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, farmers in Western Canada can now apply for a 2023 spring cash advance through the Canadian Canola Growers Association. We'll hear from their Director of Finance and Operations, Dave Gallant. Spring is a good time for ranchers to reconsider their pasture management. We'll hear from Trevor Lennox, who is the Range Management Extension Specialist for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Swift Current. As you heard on yesterday's program, Saskatchewan farmers have realized a third consecutive year of record agri-food exports. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt will join us on today's program to talk about that as well as the preliminary spring runoff conditions, as well as a trip to uh, India and Dubai that he has planned coming up next week. And Good Soil Makes Good Food is the theme of Sask Soil's annual conference coming up in Regina next week. Mark Heimer from Minton is the chair of Sask Soils. He'll talk about a couple of the featured speakers. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's bright and sunny here in the Yorkton area today, and it's fairly mild, I guess, all things considered. Yeah, we have a little uh, a little upper level disturbance is pushing its way out. Uh, just a little cloud cover with that mainly at this point uh, through the afternoon over western Manitoba. And even there, the cloudiness is uh, broken. So most of us just seeing a mostly sunny sky, the area of high pressure at the surface passing almost right overhead through the afternoon. The air mass is cool relative to normal. It's not. It's above normal through the afternoon, no, up to minus 6. But relative to the next few days... It's cool. We've had these temperatures even the last couple where it's been pretty close to freezing. It led to some rather slick conditions, of course, when you get that melt and refreeze at the uh, cold temperatures of the morning. But now through the afternoon, we get up to minus 6. Tonight, we only drop back to minus 10. And then we turn around and pretty quickly warm up tomorrow. We're going to get back to around the freezing mark. And with our normal high this time of year, still close to minus 10. Minus 9 is today's. We're running pretty well above it, especially with the nighttime temperatures not really dropping. Tonight, we're down to minus 10. Tomorrow night, we barely drop at all, holding pretty close to freezing through the night. So uh, when you factor in that, we're going to be running about 15 degrees above normal for the whole day. Uh, the temperatures stay mild for the next few days. There are a few little weather systems in play, and the biggest impact uh, from any of these is going to be a gusty wind that sets up tomorrow night. A little disturbance in the upper atmosphere is going to turn up some winds aloft. A weak disturbance at the ground will help to pull that down. It's not going to pull any moisture in a pretty dry air mass, but it is going to be a bit breezy tomorrow night. That's when the temperature stays up. After being down to minus 10 tonight, we're back to zero tomorrow, a mostly sunny day. And tomorrow night, partly cloudy, that gusty breeze gusting over 50 kilometers per hour at times. The temperature oh, starts the night at zero. 
may rise a bit up to one, maybe even two, and then drops back to around zero by morning. So we finish the night pretty much where we start, but we are above freezing for most, if not all, of the night. And then during the day Saturday, we drop down hardly a plummet. We fall from zero in the morning to around minus two in the afternoon. When you have that kind of temperature drop through the day, it'll be actually hard to determine if it's holding steady or dropping at any given time, and it may wobble a bit because... Zero to minus two, not a big difference either way. The wind comes down too, so wind chill not a huge factor, especially at the warmer temperatures. We stay mild on Sunday. We're partly sunny with a high near minus one. And on Monday as well, we're around zero. There is some cooler air that looks to drop in for the middle of the week. We'll probably see a temperature drop on Tuesday. Uh, still mild, still above normal through the day. But then Wednesday, Thursday, uh, likely into next weekend, we're back to a little below normal. It doesn't look Arctic, but it does look cooler back, as I mentioned, below normal, which means temperatures back for the afternoons into the minus teens. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at minus 14 degrees. Swan River, Dauphin, and Brandon minus 11. Show Lake Russell minus 13. Roblin minus 15. Regina and Indian Head are at minus 9 degrees. Saskatoon minus 8. Hudson Bay minus 10. Broadview Mooseman minus 7. Winyard Wadena Kelvington minus 6. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, a south wind at 15 kilometers an hour, 71% is the relative humidity, the temperature is minus 11 degrees, with the wind chill it feels more like minus 18 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus 1 degree and dropped to a low of minus 9 degrees. There was 2.2 millimeters of water equivalent precipitation that fell in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is minus 9 degrees. The normal low is minus 20 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 8.15 this morning and it will set at 5.53 this afternoon. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hot spot was Great Falls at plus 3 degrees. The cold spot was Churchill at minus 26 degrees. The Saskatchewan hot spot yesterday was Maple Creek, which got up to plus 4 degrees. The cold spot was Key Lake, which dropped down to minus 32 degrees. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Farmers in Western Canada can now apply for a 2023 spring cash advance through the Canadian Canola Growers Association, or CCGA. The association is launching its 2023 advance payments program cash advance application today and encourages farmers to submit their paperwork early to maximize the benefits from their cash advance. Dave Gallant is the Director of Finance and Operations at CCGA and he explains the criteria that must be met to apply. So basically as long as you're a Canadian citizen and you own the product that you're, you're growing, either livestock or grains and oilseeds, you can apply for a cash advance through CCGA. Uh, it's a simple process. I would recommend you contact our 1-800 number if you're not an existing customer. Uh, they will actually complete the application for you online or over the phone. 
uh, and email it to you with a list of what needs to be signed and any additional information that's required. If you're an existing customer, by all means, please please phone us, or you can do your application online through our secure site at ccga.ca. He says producers can borrow up to $1 million if they're eligible for it. That is correct. So at CCGA, there is no administration fee, and the first $250,000 is interest-free. This will be the last year for the interest-free component. The minister has indicated uh, that that will go back to $100,000 interest-free in 2024. And at CCGA, the remaining $750,000 that farmers are eligible for is loaned to them at prime minus three quarters of a percent. So today, prime is 6.7. We're loaning that remainder out at 5.95%. And and just to give you an example of the cost savings to a farmer, uh, a $500,000 cash advance is going to cost a farmer at CCGA $14,875. That same amount borrowed, say, from a bank or a credit union at prime plus a half is going to cost 36000 saving the farmer over $21,000. Glant says even though the program is administered by the CCGA, you don't have to grow canola to apply. That is correct. So the, the funds can be used for any purpose that the farmer needs that money to help his farm succeed, his or her farm. And we do over 55 different products. So certainly we do all the oil seeds, obviously, but we do cereals, specialty crops, coarse grains, pulses. We also do livestock. So we do cattle, bison, sheep, and goats. Right now, the rates are not available from the federal government for livestock yet, but they should be available in the next couple of days. He notes the CCGA has been administering the Spring Cash Advance Program for many years now. We are approaching our 40th year. Uh, we're very experienced at it. This is this is our bread and butter. This is what we do for farmers. Uh, and uh, by doing it, we've heard all the questions. We understand all the situations. So when a farmer calls us, we know how to help them successfully complete their application and successfully use the program. Gallant outlines what producers can do to get more information or to apply. So if you want more information, ccga.ca has everything you'll need about the program. It's got the forms. If you want to look at the forms, it's got all the rates for this year. There are also question and answers as well as videos on how to complete the applications or answer questions that farmers may have. Or contact our 1-800 number. It's 1-866-745-2256. And the staff on the phone will be glad to help you answer questions and again, complete that application for you, whether you're an existing customer or a first-time customer. Dave Gallant is the Director of Finance and Operations at the Canadian Canola Growers Association. It's time now for the Ag-Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, Ag-Review. All eyes were on the global supply situation as the United States Department of Agriculture released its February World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates report yesterday. The ongoing drought in Argentina and the Russia-Ukraine war have many focused on global stocks and balance sheets. Overall, the report was seen as generally neutral with no major reaction in the futures. According to the USDA, Global production for soybeans is reduced 5 million metric tons to 383 million on lower crops for Argentina and Ukraine. 
Supplies for the global wheat outlook have been raised to 2.4 million metric tons to 1.060 million, primarily on higher production for Australia and Russia. Global corn production for the year is forecasted 3.6 million metric tons lower to 1.4428 million. Global barley production is raised, reflecting increases for Russia, Australia, and Uruguay. The ice futures canola market was once again trading range-bound for the week ended yesterday, as the March contract was left unchanged from one week earlier at $828.20. The contract oscillated between a range of $819.40 and $837 per metric ton during the week, all the while seemingly immune from larger price ranges seen in soybeans and soy oil. Errol Anderson from ProMarket Communications in Calgary says one of the reasons for canola's lack of volatility has been the Canadian dollar hovering around 75 cents U.S. and putting pressure on canola prices. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, or USDA, yesterday released its monthly supply and demand estimates, but carryout totals fell in line with trade expectations, causing very little movement on the markets. The USDA projected soybean ending stocks at 225 million bushels, up 15 million from the January report. Adama Canada is introducing new crop production products for Clearfield lentils as well as all peas and soybeans in time for the 2023 crop year. Davai A+, a broad-spectrum herbicide with two modes of action, will be registered for immy-tolerant lentils, peas, and soybeans. Adama says lingering supply chain issues plaguing global industry have been complicated by the ongoing European energy crisis, all of which is expected to contribute to higher prices and product shortages for some crop protection products again in the 2023 crop season. Adama says it has used its global network to ensure it has a resilient supply chain for Canadian farmers and is bringing as much production to North America as possible, taking advantage of their various facilities and partnerships in both Canada and the United States. A private member's bill that aims to prevent further market access concessions for supply-managed commodities in Canada was approved at second reading in the House of Commons yesterday and was referred to the Standing Committee on International Trade. Bill C-282, sponsored by a Bloc Québécois MP, would amend existing legislation to prevent Canada's Trade Minister from increasing tariff rate quotas and reducing over-quota tariffs for dairy, poultry or eggs through international trade agreements. 293 MPs, including Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau, Conservative Leader Pierre Poilievre, and NDP Leader Jagmeet Singh voted in favour of the bill, while 23 members, mostly Conservatives from Western Canada, voted against it. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture also issued a statement yesterday in support of the bill, noting all political parties sitting in the House of Commons have voiced their commitment to not offering additional market access. 
Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and minus 11 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. Spring is a good time for ranchers to reconsider their pasture management. Trevor Lennox is the range management extension specialist for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Swift Current. What type of grazing system do you have, and is it improving pasture health and productivity on your pastures? From a management perspective, many producers already employ rotational grazing practices on their operation. Uh, a typical grazing rotation may look like this for many producers, starting off in a spring calving pasture close to headquarters in spring, moving on to you know one or more summer paddocks through the summer, perhaps maybe a fall field for grazing during weaning time in the fall, and then a winter field. However, sometimes the producer may ask what more, in addition to a, a rotational grazing system, can be done to improve the health and pasture and productivity of my pasture. Here are a few management suggestions to further fine-tune a rotational grazing system. Consider changing the season of use. Changing season of use ensures that the same field doesn't get used at the same time each year, year after year. This means having a rotational grazing plan so that grazing occurs at a different time each year. Some may ask, why is this even important? Well, pastures can be very diverse, and there are benefits to maintaining this diversity. If a particular field is grazed at the same time each year, there will be certain plants favored, and if continued for a series of years, the entire plant community will change to reflect this. There is a saying, if you do what you've always done, you will continue to get what you always got. And this is very true from a pasture manager perspective as well. We are creatures of habit and like to do the same thing over and over, such as grazing fields in the same sequential order year after year. The use of a deferred rotational grazing system can be one option to improve pasture health where the manager uses a deferral or a delay of grazing to enable vulnerable plants to regrow and recover from a previous grazing event. And once the first field is grazed in the spring and the herd removed, there is a long rest period from grazing to enable the plants to fully recover and recharge root energy. For additional information on pasture management, please reach out to a range management extension specialist such as myself, Trevor Lennox, by calling Ministry of Agriculture at 1-866-457-2377. It's time now for the livestock market conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Yorkton. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for April, trading at 163.55, that's down 15 June live cattle trading at 159.45, down 32. March feeder cattle trading at 186.70, up 25. April feeder cattle trading at 190.52, down 20. April lean hogs trading at 83.37, down 70. May lean hogs trading at 93.17, down 65. And that's the livestock market conditions. Now it's time for the Heartland Livestock Report from Yorkton. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of February the 8th. What a sale day we had to start to finish. A very exciting day. Two, 2,050 in the sort, 325,000 bulls, a total of 23.75 for the day. This cow and bull market was steady to stronger in spots. D1, D2 cows, 92 to 102. Sales to 107, 108. D3 cows, 82 to 92. Cows are averaging 98 and a quarter. We had some big cows from 
the Ebenezer, uh, Ebenezer area. 1,800-pound shark cows are 107. And from the Benito area, 1,800-pound cows are 108. Good bulls, 127 to 137. Sales to 144, 145. Bulls are averaging 130. From the Newdorf area, 1,900-pound bulls at 147. And from the Rough Gaber Ranch at McNutt, 2,200-pound bulls at 143.75. Good job, guys. On to the pre-sort sale. What a sale. Yesterday was our seventh annual Speckle Park sale. Some highlights. 550-pound Speckle Steers at 275. 770-pound Speckle Steers at 255. uh, The Speckle Heifers, 550-pound Speckle Heifers at 226. And for the rest of the pre-sort sale, listen up. 425-pound Red Angus Steers, 334. 500-pounders at 338. 575-pound Tan Steers, 321. 650s at 310. My favorite pen, 710-pound black steers, 283. 775-pound steers, 262. 850s at 253. And 950-pound steers at 243. On to the heifers. 425-pound heifers, 264. 500-pound tan heifers, 270. 575-pound heifers, 272. 650s at 255. 710s at 237, 800-pound heifers, 228, and 875-pound heifers at 221. The highlight of the morning, there were so many highlights. I picked this group here, 76 black steers. You can't make them better than that. There was a fancy set of black steers, 575-pound steers at 329.50. This market was on the uprise and a fun sale to work. Good job to you all. And next Friday, February the 17th, sheep, lamb, goat, and horse sale. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Saskatchewan farmers have realized a third consecutive year of record agri-food exports. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the total value of the province's farm shipments reached $18.4 billion last year. Yeah, we're very excited about it. I mean... To hit uh, well over $18 billion, uh, you know, in 2022, uh, when you look at where our growth strategy for 2030, where we wanted to be, was over $20 billion, and we're, you know, almost there. So we're getting really close. I'm very optimistic that we're going to hit that target well before 2030. Uh, when you look at the total exports in Canada, Saskatchewan is 20% of it. So that's a pretty significant number. We're only second in agri-food exports to Ontario. So... We've got a great story to tell here, and the farmers and ranchers in this province and the uh, agri-vet, the value processing has done a fantastic job in growing our business globally. He says the export numbers are very good, considering we were still in a pandemic at this time last year. Yes, they are, you know, and uh, even with the weather conditions too as well, you know. I mean, we still had pockets of the province that, you know, didn't get uh, a lot of moisture and didn't have a big crop, and and other parts of the province had a really good crop. So it's all part and parcel. And, I mean, you can look at the numbers and look at the crops that lead the way, and canola is still the uh, the big guy. And we saw, you know, the oil exports hitting well over, you know, $3.5 billion. Uh, non-derm wheats were just under $3 billion, And canola seed was just under $3 billion as well. So uh, it just tells you uh, what's happening in this province, but it tells a bigger story. It tells us that, you know, companies... Not only in this province, but companies around the world 
are recognizing what the farmers and ranchers are doing here in this province. Merit notes China is our number two export destination in spite of strained relations with the communist country. Yeah, it has, and I think uh, it just tells you that uh, obviously, you know, China needs our product. Uh, they're still exporting, uh, you know, significant numbers of canola and canola oil and, uh, and meal is probably going there as well, but we're seeing other commodities there. Wheat is moving there. Even some pulses are moving there now. Barley's still big there too, so China's still a big player. Obviously, the United States is still our number one at well over $6 billion, and, and uh, Japan is still there as well, but I think there's a, a better, even a nicer story to tell here, uh, Doug, is when you look at it, over 15 different countries around the world have purchased over $250 million worth of product from uh, Saskatchewan companies. And that's an amazing story. And we're seeing those numbers grow exponentially from these countries that are finding that what they're buying here they like, and they're coming back and asking for more. And he's pleased that so many exports now are value-added. That's exactly right. And that's why I think you're seeing, you know, what we've seen in the canola crush side here in the province, uh, you know, with those announcements and those constructions already going on. As you well know, in the Yorkton area, it's happening there with JRI and it's happening here with Cargill and well underway in the construction of that too and expansions in other facilities around the province. So we're seeing that and we're seeing it from other aspects. We're seeing it from the pulse side too. Uh, where we're seeing some uh, significant investment in the processing side of the pulse industry. Merritt believes Saskatchewan will easily attain their goal of $20 billion worth of agri-exports by 2030. Yeah, exactly right. I think if, uh, you know, if the markets continue to hold and we see, you know, even if we see a 10 or 20% increase in production uh, next year, then obviously, uh, you know, I think we hit that target. And that, that's what I'm hopeful for. I'm sure everybody is. But I mean, uh, everybody knows how big agriculture is to this province, not only, you know, to the small communities uh, around rural Saskatchewan, but to our city partners as well. When you look at the facilities that are being built, the employment that these facilities are hiring and these people are all buying houses, they're buying automobiles, they're buying furniture, they're, they're buying groceries. Uh, this is all added to the economy that just helps the province grow. Even though livestock aren't listed among the top five agri-exports, he says it continues to do well. It is, and, and we'll continue to see that, and that's what we want to do. And uh, obviously the livestock sector has gone through, you know, obviously some challenges over the last couple of years, especially in the southwest part of the province and sourcing feed and, uh, and considerations like that. But we'll do everything we can, this government, to, you know, to work with the, the sector again to see that opportunity grow and build and hopefully we will i mean we aren't it isn't unique to saskatchewan the same thing you know in other jurisdictions has, has happened the same way in that sector so we just have to work with the industry we have a great story to tell on the livestock side uh just because of, of how we uh, uh, grow the livestock industry here in a very environmentally sustainable manner we have uh, the largest acreage in uh, native prairie and probably in north america that uh, is, is a phenomenal story to tell. And the custodians of that, uh, of that native prairie is ranchers. On another topic, Merritt provided his thoughts on the Saskatchewan Water Security Agency's preliminary spring runoff report released yesterday. See, I'm glad to see it. I mean, for the most part, 
we're going to see kind of like a normal runoff. I know the Southwest is still going to be concerned, and so am I about it, uh, just because it was so dry that I think any snow that, you know, they have received is going to go into the ground. Uh, so, you know, we're worried about, obviously, surface water and uh, the challenge around that, but I, I'm not worried about it yet. Usually we get a good spring snowstorm down in the southwest part of the province, usually between now and could be even May we've seen them that late in the year. So hopefully we'll see some more of that and some rainfall. And just to replenish that uh, that side of it is the surface water and the dugouts that obviously the ranchers need and uh, are concerned about as well. But he's glad there's no concern about flooding right now. Right. At this point, there doesn't seem to be, which uh, I was happy to see. And I think it's probably for the most part that a lot of parts of the province were, you know, fairly dry in the fall. They, you know, a lot of that moisture is going to go into the ground. And I think it'll all depend, obviously, what happens between now and spring. Do we get another big dump of snow? How fast does the the snowpack go? And uh, it, if it goes slow, it's obviously the best. And uh, so there's always some unanswered questions and we'll find out when the last uh, snowbank is gone. Merritt notes he leaves on a trade mission next week to India and Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Obviously there's uh, you know India is a big and uh, very important uh, customer of ours India and Dubai both I think between the two of them they're just under 800 million dollars worth of product that they buy here. India obviously it's the pulse side. Uh, Dubai is a, a big significant both from Pulse and canola side, where they crush canola there. Uh, so it's important to build those relationships. Obviously, we have some very strategic meetings uh, in uh, in Delhi. We'll be meeting with the Minister of Agriculture and also the Minister of Food Processing as well. So uh, in Dubai, we'll be meeting with the ministers there as well. So, uh, you know, Minister for State and Foreign Trade. So it's important to build these relationships and also, you know, uh, raise concerns about trade issues and making sure we can have consistency so the farmers uh, here in the province of Saskatchewan know uh, going into the spring just what the rules are and uh, challenges that we may have over trade. But they are good uh, trading partners. We see growth here, and that's why we've opened offices in Dubai and in uh, Delhi as well. He adds that India is now the most populous country in the world, and increasing exports to them makes sense considering relations with China could go south at any given time. That's exactly right. And we've just seen, you know, we've just seen the business grow there. Uh, and it just uh, gives us an opportunity even to reach out to companies that, uh, both companies that are here in Saskatchewan and companies that buy our product in India to uh, build on those relationships and see, you know, find out from them if there's opportunity for growth. And I mean, obviously there's, there's uh, private stories they probably don't want to tell, but we can still talk about if there's opportunity for growth because I know what we want to do here is continue to grow production here. And when you grow production, you got to have a market. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Commodities Update. Canola futures are trading down across the board this hour. March canola trading at 822.80, down $5.40. May canola trading at 8.1880 down $8 per metric ton. March Minneapolis wheat trading at 9.18 and a quarter down 8 cents. March Kansas City wheat trading at 8.79 per bushel down 17 cents. March Chicago wheat trading at 7.57 and 3 quarters down 7 cents. 
March corn trading at 672 and a quarter, down six and a quarter cents. March soybeans trading at 1520 and a half, up three quarters of a cent. March oats trading at 378 and a quarter, down eight and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. Farm Bulletin Board. Canada's Ag Day is coming up next Wednesday, February 15th, and producers who have been working hard and deserve an appreciation evening in the Yorkton area, you're invited to celebrate with Yorkton's regional office by sharing a meal while listening to a discussion of important industry topics with Cynthia Beck, a rural health services employee, as well as Dr. Gary Hoym, author of Stories of a Prairie Vet. You can register today. Today is the deadline to register. It's for the Stakes and Stems Producer Appreciation Night. That's next Wednesday, February 15th. And you can celebrate Canada's Agriculture Day with them. To register, call the Yorkton Regional Office at 306-786-1531. You're also invited now to apply to Canadian Cattle Young Leaders. Applications are now open for the 2022-24 program year. Looking for young people ages 18 to 35 passionate about the Canadian beef industry. You can go to the Canadian Cattle Young Leaders website to check that out. It's uh, canadiancattleyoungleaders.ca. The application deadline for that is March 31st. And don't forget that planning and preparations have started for the Yorkton 4-H Spring Steer and Heifer Show. It's coming up April 13th through the 15th, so keep that in mind. The 4-H Spring Steer and Heifer Show in Yorkton, April 13th through the 15th. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's time now to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. A mix of sun and cloud, winds west-southwest at 10 to 20, and a high of minus 6. For tonight, clear, winds southwest at 10 to 20, a low of minus 10. For tomorrow, mainly sunny, winds west-southwest at 15 to 30, a high of zero with a low of steady at that, or maybe even rising to plus one. For Saturday, mainly sunny. Winds northwest at 15 to 30, then diminishing. The temperature falling to minus two. For Sunday, partly sunny, a high of minus one. And Monday, partly sunny, and a high of zero. In the Paw, it's minus 14 degrees. Swan River, Dauphin, and Brandon at minus 11. Show Lake Russell, minus 13. Roblin, minus 15. Regina and Indian Head are at minus 9. Saskatoon, minus 8. Hudson Bay, minus 10. Broadview Mooseman, minus 7. Winyard Wadena Kelvington, minus 6. The Yorkton Melville region has a sunny sky, a south wind at 15 kilometers an hour. 71% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 11 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 18 degrees. 
That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines.